Hello, hello, hello. It's Michelle Donatian with Moments with Michelle Donatian. Today is Monday, October the 29th, and it is a lovely evening here on the East Coast of America. And I'm not quite sure what kind of weather you have going on wherever you are, but I hope that you are enjoying it. And I want to say to you that all is well. When you're in Jesus, all is well. And tonight is going to be an extra special podcast tonight where we're going to have a discussion about what's been going on in America. And there are a few things that I just feel led to share with you. I want to share, uh, you know, have a discussion about this. This is something that's affecting so many people in our country and many people are afraid. Many people don't know what to do. Many people don't know what to say. And I just want to come to be an encouragement to you here today and uh, how to move forward, because that's what we've got to do. Moving forward is the key. So let's begin with prayer, as we always do. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. I just pray right now that you're with each and every person here listening, Lord God, that you'll touch their hearts, that they may hear what you have to say, Lord God. Give them ears to hear and give them eyes to see, Lord God. We choose to honor and glorify your precious and holy name in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. So, friends, you know we've had a, 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 a lot going on recently. Uh, there's been a lot happening and even the more that I go to the news, I see even more. And I'm not, I don't usually go to the news unless it is brought up in front of me because I try to focus on the positive because I know I'm going to hear about things that are going on in the world around me and the Holy Spirit will prompt me to be praying for things. And so this is the reason that, um, you know, I'm not combing the newspapers every single day to find out what's happening. Um, Just because I think it's so important to follow what the Word tells us to follow. And the Word tells us to stay focused on the things that honor God, to think on those things, right? You know, in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, you know, the Bible tells us what to think on. And there's a reason for that, because God knew how discouraging it would be if we were focused on the wrong things. And let's be honest, I mean, you and I have been there before. I know I've been there before where I had my focus on the wrong things and then realized, oh, what was I thinking? Help me, Lord Jesus, forgive me for having my focus on the wrong things. You remember in scripture where Joshua uh, you know, sent the spies uh, to the land um, because God told them to go occupy this land. And some of the spies came back saying how big the giants were. But then some of the spies, I believe it was two of them, came back talking about how big God was. Because see, here's what we've got to remember, that there are always going to be things going on in our country and in our world, in our families, and our lives God didn't promise that we would live in a utopian society until Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem comes back. And that's going to be not, it's not now. We'll just say that much. It's not now. So because of that, we as Christians have a responsibility and part of that responsibility can only be carried out if we keep our eyes focused on the wrong things. You know, as Christians and as believers, it's so important for us to be the voice of reason because 
the voice of reason is supposed to be Jesus Christ. And it is Jesus Christ, but we should be that Jesus in the situation. Not that you and I are Jesus, but the Jesus that lives within us. We abide in him and he abides in us. He should be the light that's shining in these situations. God allows things to happen and we don't understand why. We don't always know the reason. And I'm not here to tell you that I understand exactly why all of these things have happened. But I am here to tell you that God is a big God. He is a mighty God. He is a wonderful God. He is a virtuous God. And he doesn't leave us here. Even when we forget him. Even when we forget him. You know, sometimes we go on in our days and we forget whom we serve. We'll get frustrated sometimes and think about the situation and, oh my gosh, and how could this happen? And, oh, this is happening again. And come on, I've, I've, I've been there. You know, I've done that many times. And then the Lord brings me back around, which he'd been trying to do all along. And he brings me back around and reminds me of who he is and whose I am. So friends, as we talk about these things that have been going on around the country, we've got, there's a lot happening, but I want to first remind you of the most important thing about our country. And that most important thing about our country was that the men and women of God who dedicated this country, who came here from England, they dedicated this country to God. That's what they did. That's the reason we've had so much fortune. That's the reason we've had so much, so many riches. That's why this country is the richest country in the world. If you look, am I saying that we have, that we don't have problems? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Am I saying that, you know, the men and women of God who came here, um, and, you know, uh, who we say discovered this country. Am I saying that they did everything right? That they didn't make any mistakes? No. And that's not even the point. Because I don't want to get into the discussion where we say, well, you know, they came here. The Native Americans were here first. And yes, yes, they were. And we know what happened. We know that it was not, you know, the right thing to do, you know, we, we know that. Some of us maybe forget that, but, but we know that. And we know God is a just God. But what I'm focusing on here today, and I want you to focus on as well, is that the reason our country has been so great is because we dedicated it to God. I know there are people out there who say, you know, oh, America was never great. Well, I beg to differ. America has always had problems. That is for certain. You know, I'm an African-American woman. And trust me when I say I deal with these problems on a daily basis. I know that they exist. I'm not pretending that we don't have racism. And I'm not pretending, you know, that, that, that there aren't people out there who, who have, you know, agendas against someone because of their race or their, uh, you know, you name the you name the characteristic. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, as people of God, we have to choose to focus on God. 
So when I walk around in this country, I don't walk around as an African-American woman saying, oh, well, I know that one's probably racist and she's probably racist and he's probably racist and they're probably, no, I don't say that. In fact, what I do is I walk around and I ask the Lord God to give me his mind. The Bible tells us to have the mind of Christ. Remember in Ephesians, Paul prayed that for the church, for the Ephesian church, that they would have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is that we don't walk around defeated. Okay? The mind of Christ. Remember, Jesus conquered it all. Jesus conquered the grave. He conquered death. He conquered Satan. That means while we may go through trial and tribulation on this earth, God is using that in our lives to grow us stronger and to teach us something that we may go from glory to glory. I know this is not popular opinion, but you look at the word and you see what it says. Some things God allows so that we can learn. Other things happen and then God uses them so that we can learn. Because remember, he gave us all free will. So when people say, well, why, you know, why would a good God let children get abused and raped and, 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 you know, people hurt and, you know, you name it because he gave us free will. That's why. Why would God allow slavery? He gave us free will. And when you give free will, it's just that free will. You know, as an adult, I remember I should say, I remember teaching my daughter the difference between adulthood and childhood. And, and you've probably had conversations similar to this with your children. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I believe you've probably had it in your head. And the conversation was kind of like this. You know, up until the teenagers are 18 years old, often, many of them, are saying, I can't wait to be 18. I can't wait to be 18. I used to say that. Can't wait to be 18. Then I can make my own decisions and I can choose things for myself. You know, and according to the law in America, that is legally true. You are legally an adult. But I remember the conversation that I had with my daughter one day. And I remember, and, and she and I chuckle about it now. I remember when she came to the realization that being an adult... It's full of freedoms, but oh man, the responsibilities are so great. And I remember her saying, I don't want to be an adult now. I don't want to be an adult anymore. And it was quick and it was fleeting. But for a moment, she realized all of that time up until she became an adult, she didn't realize just how difficult it was going to be. And none of us do for that matter. None of us do, quite honestly, because we don't understand until we get there. And why do I bring that up? You and I have free will. I have free will. I can choose to speed down the road to get everywhere I want to go. I can go 75 miles per hour, even if the speed limit says 55 miles per hour. I have free will to do it. And when I get a ticket, and they look at my license and they suspend my license because I was doing 20 miles over the speed limit. Well, I did have free will, but with my own free will, I chose to make wrong decisions. You see, 
And I know this is something that you understand, but I'm breaking it down because sometimes we forget. Sometimes we say, well, how could we this? Well, how could we that? Fast forward to, you know, what happened. I believe it was just yesterday in the nation about yesterday or the day before about the Sunday, about the, the synagogue that was, you know, where people were killed. Uh, I believe 11 people were killed in the synagogue. Uh, I looked today and I saw somewhere that there were, I don't know how many people, I believe two people were gunned down at a local Kroger. Um, and the point is, you know, we have great responsibility in this country. I don't believe that we should be walking around pointing fingers. I believe we should be walking around trying to be the solution. And as people of God, we have some serious power. God has given that to us and we need to exercise it by prayer. It's so important to be praying. You know, the Bible tells us that we are in the last days. It's no longer, you know, where you've heard your, your, you know, your great grandfather. He said, well, they've been saying that we were in the last days for 20 years now. And his great grandfather said the same thing. You look at the word and we really are in the last days. The word is talking about all the things that are going on around us right now. All the things happening right now. We are in the last days and Jesus is on his way back. And he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And what does that mean? He's coming back for the church, for a church, a holy church, a holy bride. See, what we have going on right now is we have a lot of people who are sitting in the pews who their heart is not for the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember in the book of Revelations where he says, they lost their first love. This I have against you. He talks about you stood up for this thing and you, you stood up for that thing and you stood up for this thing. But this is what I have against you. You lost your first love. And Jesus is our first love. See, we often stand up for this right and that right. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up for those things. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying we shouldn't, you know, be against abortion. We should be. I'm not saying we shouldn't be against racism. We absolutely should be as well. I'm not saying we shouldn't be against, you know, uh, hate crimes. We absolutely should be against hate crimes. But what I'm saying is we miss the point. Many of us are sitting in the pews with the form of godliness, but we do not live our lives for Christ. And that's very scary. You look around in your pew, in your church, you look to your right and look to your left. You probably aren't going to see them. They're probably not really serving the Lord. Probably not. Now, I'm not here to judge anyone. And I want to say that very clearly. But let's be realistic here. When you read the word, it talks about how people would come to him. Jesus would, said people would come to him and say, you know, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. I cast out this demon in your name. I, I you know, I uh, did this in your name. And he said, you know, I never knew you. I never knew you. We can fall away. And those, that was the case where they fell away because they had the anointing uh, uh, where they were, where God trusted them that they could cast out the semen in that name and, and, and do the, the work of the cross, but they fell away. And it's not, a, it's not something that's so uncommon. They fell away. 
So what, what is my point here? My point is we have to get before God. When we see these things happening to the people in the world, and, and this isn't about race or, you know, sexual orientation. This is just about people, period. We should not be thinking it's normal for, you know, someone to come into a, a club, a gay club, and shoot everybody up. We know that homosexuality is a sin. But God didn't want us to shoot all those people up. He wants us to pray for them and love them so that they see the Christ in us and choose to live for Christ. That's what he wants. He doesn't want us to go around, you know, focusing on the wrong things. Well, you know, I mean, they were this and and that's why this happened. Listen, God is the only judge. I'm not here to judge. That's not my job. I don't have enough information in my, I I don't know enough to judge. I really don't. I don't know enough to judge. All I know is to compare what I see to the word. That much I can do because the word is clear. But when it comes to judging a man's heart or a woman's heart, look, I got to tell you two things I have to tell you. The first thing I remind you of is when the people brought the harlot before Jesus, the prostitute before Jesus. The prostitute, you know, they brought her and said, this woman was caught in the act. And of course, we know what happens. You know what happened in the situation. Jesus wrote something on the ground in the dirt. And he asked the woman, you know, where are your accusers now? And he said, you know, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And then we forget, where, were, who, where was the man? They didn't even bring him. See, We forget sometimes. We get caught up in our own, you know, self-righteousness and our own pride. And instead of going to God and saying, Lord, I want you to give me your heart that you have, a heart for the things that you have a heart for. We forget sometimes and we stand up and we stand on our pride and we, 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 we miss the mark. See, my prayer is, Lord God, give me a heart like yours. Because I miss the mark every single day. And my prayer is, Lord God, give me a heart like yours. Give me a heart for the things that you have a heart for. When I pray that, I'm praying that the Lord will let me see things the way he sees things. The way he sees me. I can see others that way. Because nobody on this earth is perfect. You know, have you walked around and looked at people thinking, well, you know, they shouldn't be this and they shouldn't be that. And there's no doubt. We all have fallen short of the glory. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory. There are a lot of things that people shouldn't be doing. And I'm not saying to turn a blind eye either. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we've got to stop getting in our pride and start Humbling ourselves before God, asking him, how do I move forward? And prayer is one of the biggest things we can do because when we pray, we invite the Lord into the situation. He gave us dominion. That means that we've got to invite him in and ask him, will you take over this for me, Lord? Will you fight this battle? Will you fight for my family? And then let him do it. Let him do it. I have watched God do things 
that amaze me. And even now in my life, as I pray, because, you know, we all go through things. Even right now, as I'm praying for different things in my own life, I'm watching God do things that amaze me. I'm watching him strengthen me. And that's amazing in itself. I'm watching him giving me a new perspective on things. That's amazing in itself. See, we've got to begin to look at things the way the Lord says to look at them. If he said, you did this, you did this, and I agreed with that, and you did this, and I agree with that, but this I have against you, you lost your first love. That means that's very serious. If it isn't all about Jesus, then who is it about? We need to get together and we need to pray. And we need to pray for the people in this country. And the rest of the world needs to be prayed for as well. You know, I'm not saying, I, I, I don't believe that we should, well, you know, I, I, I've got hungry people here in America and I'm going to take care of my own first and then I'm going to go overseas. No, I don't believe that. You go where God called you to go. There are hungry people all around the world and you don't have to feed hungry people in one place just because you're from that place uh, 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 instead of feeding people, the people around you. You see someone hungry in your backyard, feed them. You see somebody hungry when you go on vacation, feed them. You see somebody hungry at the bus stop, feed them. And that's not the only problem in the world. But I refuse to look at things in the way that selfish pride has caused us many has caused many of us to look at things. You know, there are hungry people everywhere. Is it their fault that they don't live in your country? No, if you see them, give them food. Do you want to hear the argument if you were starving and you were homeless? Well, you know, I mean, I am from America and I'm not in America, so I'm going to feed the people back there first. No, the Bible tells us that if you see someone hungry, feed them. If you see that somebody needs help, help them. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter where they are, wherever you are. But we need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our country. We need to cover it with the blood because there are things going on right now that are just plain wicked. And to be honest, many of these things have been going on. Many of these things will continue to go on and will even get worse. The Bible says that evil will wax more and more in the last days, meaning it's going to become more and more evil. The things that you see around you, you know, sometimes you might say, what is going on? Everything seems to be getting worse. It really is. It really is. Because the Bible said that that's going to be the case. And this is a sign of the coming times. So what is the solution? Well, some things are prophecy. Some things are going to happen. Other things, God is warning us of, and we can be praying about those things, but the other thing I've learned, and, and this is kind of, well, this is, I guess you could put this in the middle. I'll, I'll just say it. The people of God who are in Christ are going to be okay during this time. Okay? If we stay in Christ, we need to keep ourselves in Christ. We need to pray. I know sometimes it's so easy to neglect the Lord. I know sometimes we get caught up in what we're doing. We get caught up in, in work and caught up with family life and caught up with all of these things. But if you aren't wise and if you don't make it a choice 
in your heart to make time for Jesus, he could leave you. The Bible says that it happened to Saul. The Holy Spirit left him. The Holy Spirit left him. <sighs> My prayer is that the Holy Spirit may never leave me. The Holy Spirit may never leave me. You know, in all of our imperfections and all of our sin, the Lord loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. And his Holy Spirit is constantly prompting us, constantly drawing us, constantly bringing us to repentance, reminding us. And if we allow our hearts to go cold to him, he'll have that against us too, like he said in Revelations. You lost your first love. There's a scripture in the word and he says, and he was saying this, God was saying this about the Israelites. He said, their mouths were closed to him, but their hearts were far from him, far from him. Meaning they said a whole lot. Oh, I'm this Christian and, and I love God. But every opportunity they got to sin against him, they did. What does that mean for you in your own life? Think about that for a moment. Because living your life as a Christian, a Christian walk is not about what other people see. It's about your own heart. It's about our heart. <coughs> These things happening in the country should not be dividing the Christian church. We should be uniting over these things so that we can pray and stand on the enemy and trample his plan. That's what we need to be doing. We forgot that as the church, as the body of Christ. Many of us have. We need to be getting together in groups, praying, praying, not being divided. I don't care what your nationality is. I don't care what your race is, your age. I don't care what your political affiliation is. That has nothing to do with the word of God. Nothing to do with it. Your belief system should be rooted in the word of God. So let me use myself as an example. I'm an African-American woman or African-American Latina woman. I voted for Trump. I am a registered Republican. I am 42 years old. And what does it have to do with the way I live my life? It has nothing to do with it. Nothing. I don't vote for all Republicans because like you and I, everybody's human. So if I see someone and I say, oh, well, you know how the Democrats are. No, that's not the way I handle things in my life. And that's not the way the word tells me to do it. If I'm going to vote, which I do, I'm going to vote for the right man or woman for the job. They may be Democrat. They may be Republican. They may be independent. I don't know, because I'm voting for who the Lord is showing me is the right decision. I'll tell you something. I was shocked. I told you before. I was absolutely shocked when President Donald Trump became the president. I really was. 
It wasn't that I was against him because I voted for him. But I didn't think he was going to win. And when I heard the Holy Spirit tell me he was going to win, I thought, oh, I must not have heard the Lord. That must not have been the Lord. That must have been just me. And when he won, I said, wow, that was the Holy Spirit. What a shock. And I've got to tell you, I don't agree with everything that Donald Trump does. Of course not. I mean, do you agree with everything that every president's done that you voted for? Of course you didn't. Of course you didn't. That would just be ridiculous if you did. But God had a plan. And I don't know God's plan about everything. And I don't know. I only know what he reveals to me. And even what he reveals to me is such a small snippet of the reality and the truth, because I can't handle what is the rea- the real reality. Oh my, I couldn't handle it. But I watch and I see some of the things that God used Donald Trump to do. And it's amazing to me. It truly is amazing. I'm not going to say anything to tear him down because the Bible tells me that I'm supposed to pray for my leaders. So I'm not going to step on that. God gave him that position of authority. But I am going to say this. The church, instead of being divided about who the president is and what he stands for or or whatever it is that your issue is, maybe you like him, maybe you don't like him, whatever it is, we need to be praying for him. Why? Because the Bible tells us so. See, that's where we have lost some of, that's where a lot of us have, have, have lost our footing. The Bible says to pray for your leaders. This isn't about whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party, whatever all the other parties are. This is about the word of God and being obedient. That's what this is about. This is God is the only thing that's going to save our country. You, I hope you realize that. We can put together every wonderful social plan that you can imagine. And the only one that's going to save our country is God Almighty. Think about it. How many people have you seen put together a, f- a, a, f- a food program to feed the homeless? And that's a great, well, those are wonderful programs. Wonderful programs. But if you've ever volunteered or if you've ever been part of them, there are more and more people every day that you find on the streets that are homeless and hungry. Because the answer is not us. We are to be used by God and to be obedient, but he's the answer. He's the answer. And he has a bigger plan that you and I can't fully understand. Is it his plan for people to die, for people to be killed and murdered? Well, I mean, you know the answer to that. But he allowed it. Because he's God and he said, I give you free choice, free will to make the decisions that you choose to make. That's what he gave us. That's what he does. And as Christians with free will, you and I need to stand together and cover this nation in prayer. And let our enemies be under our feet the enemy, the true enemy. The enemy is not the people around you. It's not flesh and blood. The word says that. 
The enemy is not, this, this battle is not about the flesh and blood, but it's all spiritual, all about the principalities. That's what this is about. So that's why the answer is to pray. We've got to pray for the families of those people who were killed in that synagogue. We've got to pray for the families uh, of the people who were killed at that Kroger. I, I, I've seen a couple of other things that I just briefly saw, um, you know, and we know we, we know we see things happening all over the place. We've got to pray for those families of the men who've been killed because they were African-American. We've got to pray for their families. We've got to pray for we've got to pray for so many. Pray for the police officers, the ones that are crooked, doing the wrong things. And then pray for the police officers that are not crooked, who are doing the right things. And then pray for the families of those people. We've got to, we've got to be praying for every single one because this is the way we fight our battles. And this is the best way to fight it. I think you probably learned a long time ago. If you're like me, let me, let me give you an example. Let me, let me give you a situation. A long time ago, as a Christian, I learned that my mouth wasn't going to win any battles. And, and I had to learn that because before I was a Christian, I was a really mouthy person. I would tell anybody off in a quick second because that was just the kind of person I was. I've always been opinionated, but my opinions back then were, well, I wasn't a Christian, so you can imagine what they were like. But I had a bad mouth and I always was, you know, telling somebody off. And then the Lord showed me that that's not the way you win your battles. I saw such victory in my life and I had such peace. See, if I fight my battles, the best thing that can happen is what I imagine. But if God fights my battles, he can wipe that whole thing out. Oh, see, God we serve, the God we serve is so big. He's so mighty and he's so wonderful. So I want to leave you with this. When we see things happening, we need to immediately come together as the body of Christ. And we need to lift these situations up in prayer. We need to lift up these situations. We've never seen such great gun violence in our country before. We've never seen so many shootings and school shootings before. We've never seen so much, you know, and some of it is because with social media, we actually see it while before we didn't see it. You know, some of it really is that it's just more visible. Some of that, I should say that what we're seeing is that, but the numbers are increasing because the Bible says that evil will wax more and more in the last days. So it really is getting more wicked out here. That's what the word says. And as the word tells us, we know that everything in it is true. So let's stand together and focus on the things of God. Let's pray. Let's cover our nation in prayer. We can't stand back and argue about racism anymore. We've got to pray about racism. We can't stand back and argue about, you know, what's another thing? Sexism anymore. We've got to pray about sexism. We can't stand back and, 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 and argue about, uh, you know, what is a hate crime? Is it a hate crime? He killed the guy because he was a homosexual or did he really kill? We, we need to stop arguing about that stuff. 
Whoever that person was had a life. God created that person's life. No matter how they were living it, we've got to pray for those people. We've got to pray about the situation. We can't walk around with our heads in the sand, no. But we cannot walk around thinking that we're going to solve any of these problems ourselves until we put God at the forefront. And he's going to be the one to solve the problems. We can't. Can you solve racism? I mean, I'm not being facetious. I'm being serious with that question. How are you and I going to solve racism? We can't. Only Jesus can. He's the only one. How are we going to solve sexism? We can't. Only the Lord is going to. How are we going to solve anti-Semitism? We can't. Only the Lord can solve the problem. You see, you've got to look around and open up your eyes and recognize that you serve a God that is bigger than any problem that could ever, ever, ever creep up. There is no problem that's too big for God. And his word, he says, there's nothing too big for God. Is anything too big for God? Look back at the situation in Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot and Abraham. Do you remember Abraham was communing with the Lord? And the Lord said, you know, the Lord God said to him, you know, should I uh, withhold this thing that I'm going to do from Abraham? And so he tells him what he's about to do. He tells him, I'm about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, do you think that it was a surprise to God? Um excuse me, that he was going to do this? Do you think all of a sudden he decided this? And do you think it was a surprise to him that Abraham would ask him to spare Sodom and Gomorrah if there were X number of people there that were righteous? God knew. He knew. Why did he come to Abraham and nobody else about it? Because he knew that Lot was there and he had made a covenant He had made a covenant with Abraham. Through Abraham, there was a covenant, a promise. And God followed through with it. So when Abraham prayed, when Abraham talked to God, because that's really praying, communing with God, God saved Lot and his family because of Abraham communing with him. He destroyed that whole city except for Lot and his family. Think about that for a moment. God is a God who loves us. He loves us and he wants to see us come together. We've got to pray. That's the bottom line, friends. We've got to pray. When we pray, God can move through us. And not only will he move through us, but it will strengthen us as well. And it will change things. Prayer works. So I recommend, I, I recommend that you spend, that you cut out some time for the Lord daily. And begin to allow God to strengthen your prayer life. And get together and pray. Get together with other men and women of God and pray together. There's power. There's power when there are two or more gathered together.
in the name of Jesus. There's power in prayer. There's power. We need to stop fretting, stop looking at the situation, and look at the mighty God that we serve. So friends, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this conversation that we've had here today. I hope that the call to prayer is one that you take seriously and you decide to take on yourself and share it with other people. Because as the people of God, we can allow God to use us. We can make a difference with our prayer. And that's what we need to be doing here and every single day. So I hope that you share this podcast, share it, like it, send it to your friends. I hope, I hope that you uh, enjoyed it. I hope it's changed your heart. I hope God has used this to change your heart and your perspective. Let's not walk around with hardened hearts about the things that are going on in the country. Instead of saying, well, this is how it's always been. No, let's say, let's get on our knees before God. And let him work through us to change it. So friends, you can listen to the podcast again on anchor.fm forward slash Michelle Donatian. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here with you today. I'm so excited about what God is doing. He is mighty. (sighs) He's holy. And you can catch me again on the Wednesday night podcast, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, we'll have the video uh, on my YouTube channel, and that's uh, Michelle Donatian Inc. That's Tuesday night. And then on Friday night, there'll be another show, another episode as well. So I hope and pray that you have a wonderful night. I hope and pray that you see the beauty and what God has put in your life and how he's moving and how all is well. Find someone to pray with. Find someone to pray with. If you're looking for someone to pray with in, your, in this area, you know, send me a message. And we may be able to get together and pray together ourselves. Because the Lord is so mighty. The Lord is so mighty and he wants the body of Christ to pray. That's what he said in his word. That's what he said. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves in prayer and pray. You know, he says, I will heal their land, right? Didn't he say that? Okay. So let me give you that scripture so that you can look at it yourself. It's Second Chronicles 7, 14. Second Chronicles 7, 14. So I want to thank you for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. May the God that we serve be with you, be with you as you walk. May you see him everywhere. Remember, he's right there with you. God bless you. I love you. Until next time.